You're listening to Diversity Secrets, the podcast that explores the secrets behind leading authentic, impactful, and successful diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. Season four is called, So What Now? Why this question? Well, because at Diversity Secrets, we feel that DEI is at an inflection point. And we want to make sure that as an industry, we are taking the right turn. Faced with backlash, stalling results, cynicism, and a lack of common standards, we believe that together we can find a new way of bringing DNI forward. Our expert speakers will help us answer this season's pressing questions. Are we going in the right direction? Are we aiming at the right goals? Should DNI get political? Can practitioners set themselves common standards of integrity and results? I'm your host, Louise Moulier, and now to today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to Diversity Secrets. In today's episode, I have the tremendous pleasure of welcoming an experienced DEI advocate and practitioner, Elizabeth Anderson. Elizabeth is also the founder of Ven DEI, a consulting and community networking agency that aims to connect people who believe in the potential of DEI to build stronger companies and a more equitable world. So welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you, Louise. It's great to be here. It's really fun to have you on the show. And to start us off, I always like to ask our guests what brought them to DI. So would you care to share a bit of your journey with us today? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm originally from the US, uh, where I studied to be actually a school teacher at first, um, got my master's in education. And that's pretty much what I did for the first 12 years that I've been in Berlin. Um, be like an in English and uh, history teacher uh, for older secondary, uh, older primary school and younger secondary school. Um, but then I discovered that I'm just not quite in love with being a teacher, love teaching, but not actually being an academic teacher. Um, and so then I decided to kind of like take those skills in another direction. And um, I eventually in 2020 joined a uh, an investing fund. Um, soon after, I came out as a trans woman. Uh, that was definitely a big part of moving me towards the direction of DEI. And this really happened because while I experienced like repeated cycles of gender crisis, you know, in 2020, there was um, the COVID-19 pandemic really came up. And um, also, in the beginning of that year, a close family friend was diagnosed, uh, who was about my age, um, was diagnosed with a terminal illness. And that made me kind of realize that life is short and I wanted to be my true self. And while I didn't, hadn't discovered that person yet, I was going to, decided that I was going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, and then about this soon after, uh, also there was the murder of George Floyd by police in the U.S. And so this combination of, you know, um, societal uproar about inequality combined with my own beginning of my transition in earnest um, really pushed me towards the topic. And I supported my company in their DEI initiative. And yeah, then I bit the bug and now I am where I am here. <laughs> <laughs> or the DEI bug bit you <laughs> and now yes yes you're here. yeah I didn't bite the bug it bit me um 
yeah, and I just knew that it was, had to be part of my part of my work. I couldn't uh, let it go. Great. Thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, today you're, you know, an entrepreneur yourself, uh, starting uh, Vendii as a consulting and yes. community network. And yes. um, you're going to be doing great things and you're already doing great things uh, as a DNI advocate and as a little context as well uh, mm. for our listeners today. You and I, we actually met um, as members of uh, the DEI Advocates Club uh, in Berlin. And uh, so we regularly attend the meetings. And um, the idea of having you on the show uh, came up last July when um, at one of those meetings, you gave a presentation on the current state of DEI. Um, And you were saying DEI is having a mirror moment. And as you went through your presentation and your explanation, it really resonated a lot with the questions that I've been asking myself as a DEI professional, uh, but also the conversations that we've been having here on Diversity Secrets um, and also conversations kind of, you know, off the air with professionals such as yourself, actually, Liz. Mm-hmm. We've, we've mm-hmm. had a lot of conversations. Yes, a couple. <laughs> and, um, and, and the questions are really, how did we get here as an industry? Where are we going to go next and and what impact um, are we having? Are we having the results that we actually want to see? Um, and, and just, yeah, wondering if we're going in the right directions and, and doing the right thing. So I'm personally far from having the answers to all of those uh, questions, but I thought that your take, Elizabeth, was particularly enlightening. So when you offered to come and share the conversation on the podcast, I, mm-hmm. I said, yes, I was really happy to have you here. I was really excited too. Like really, I was uh, super happy to be able to come uh, here and share it. And um, also, yeah, the questions that are we heading in the right direction? Are we doing the right thing? Like, yeah, I think those are some pretty hard questions to answer. <laughs> so, yeah. So here we are today. Um, so can you, can you explain to us what, a mirror moment is and what it means when you say that DEI is having its its the its mirror moment. So I think it happens in just like a lot of movements in general where you, you start off in one phase where you're really going for um, whatever attention, you're just trying to raise like awareness. But then like things on the ground change. Like, you know, for example, we see it all the times when um political kind of movements for revolution have have problems transitioning to governance. So I think in broad terms, like that's the the mirror moment is the time when you need to say time out, take a step back Mm. and take a look at uh, what's going on and what would be some of the best choices um, that we can make as a group uh, to, to move forward productively. And so with DEI, I think um, over the time, that uh, DEI has been evolving as an industry uh, or as a, as a field of study and practice, the priorities have changed. Mm. Uh, who's at the table has changed. Uh, the economy's changed. The political uh, climate has changed. But I think we're using a lot of the old uh, playbooks and we're um, taking advantage well, or yeah, relying upon a lot of the old networks. And I think it's really time for us to take a step back, take a look and see what we are actually doing and kind of apply DEI best practices to our own industry and our own field. Mm. 
So kind of, are we up to date with our time kind of question? I wouldn't say it's up to date with our time. I would say it's more, are we up to date with each other? Hmm. I think that um, there are, especially since 2020, um, again, during the killing of George Floyd, but also uh, in Germany, we had the um, murder of nine people by a, a white supremacist in, um, in Hanau, people, um, mm -hmm. people of color. Um, we're undergoing this like real reckoning where we're also trying to move away from, say, a unidimensional view of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Very often when we talk about diversity, we're talking about like just uh, women, so cisgender women. For those of your listeners that aren't familiar with the, li the lingo, uh, cis woman means that you are assigned female at birth and you still identify as a woman. Um, and that's been kind of the definition of diversity for a very long time. It's been mm -hmm. very, it's been very white. It's been mm -hmm. very white female centric. And it's been very individual DEI initiative centric instead of big picture, I think. I don't have all the answers. I mean, honestly, when I say mirror moment, I'm not saying that I've done the mirror moment and I can <laughs> tell you what everything's all about. <laughs> I'm saying that we as a community need to take that step. Mm -hmm. So you, you're saying that the lead up to it has really been this kind of DEI working in silos with you were talking about like single initiatives, you know, and I, I can really see it, for instance, in organizations where we're going to work on uh female representation or disability in the workplace and kind of not necessarily linking and seeing a broader picture and even the intersectionalities as well. Mm -hmm. And then, as you said, it's been very white. Diversity has meant getting uh, white women in positions of power, white cis women in positions of power um, in organizations. Mm -hmm. And would you say that this near moment is happening across the globe or is it still very niche? I think so. So I have to say that I honestly don't know. And I think that is something that we need to get comfortable saying. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're always advocating for leaders as part of DEI best practice for them to say, I don't know. Um, and I think that we need to internalize that ourselves. However, what I can say is I do think that the stage where we're at right now, where we're trying to make DEI more intersectional is not super widespread. We're just, we're just struggling with so much globally already. I mean, there's so many countries still where being transgender or being gay is punishable by, punishable by death. Like, um, obviously in, in a lot of those places, no, this is not happening, but I do think that since 2020, DEI started to become increasingly multidimensional, mm. where before that it was very much focused on women. You see more and more policies and strategies, including other dimensions, so including race and ethnicity, including um, neurodivergence, phys uh, physical disability, mental health. Um, these things are at the very least mentioned. But now you're starting to see people who are saying like, okay, but what about the people who 
are say like a, a transgender immigrant Muslim woman like what mm-hmm. where is that person's community even within the DEI space because mm-hmm. we tend to be yeah siloed and isolated from each other so I think that 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 the strengthening of each of these communities though over the past couple of years um, is sort of forcing this uh, conversation so um, I would even say we're not necessarily in the depths of having the mirror moment yet, I think we need to say to ourselves, hey, let's bring ourselves maybe down a notch and um, take a look at what we're actually doing. Uh, personally, and this happened to me recently, like just as an example. So I'm, I am, I'm a trans woman, but I am white. You know, I, I'm pretty healthy. I'm, I don't, I'm not, I do not have really an intersectional identity, you know, Mm. uh, me being a trans woman is the only kind of part of my identity, which is not really mainstream in society that much. And one of the things I talk about, uh, what I really believe in is, is that different groups of people, uh, so like the queer community, uh, the BIPOC community, like people with disabilities, I think we all have common ground. I can't say I know exactly where it is, but I do think it's there. And I honestly believe that. But recently, when I was trying to make the case for that, I spoke outside my wheelhouse. Hmm. I commented on a challenge that a group faces that is not a group that I'm a member of. And I like to consider myself as being mindful about those things. But when a colleague of mine kind of called me out on that, um, it was kind of like, oh man, I guess, I guess even we are still flawed, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, what's really crazy even is I gave that exact same advice to a prior client. I said, don't, you know, do communication do's and don'ts about DEI. One of the don'ts is don't comment on the problems that a group is facing that is not a group that you belong to. But that is something that honestly, um, I think we, or I've been told that we Mm -hmm. as white people do quite often. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I say this, you know, talking about, hey, the mirror moment, it's also really individually ourselves, you know, it is Mm -hmm. the big uh, part, but um, yeah. So, so is it to answer your original question, like, is this happening everywhere? No. Is it happening in pockets? Yes. And I think that the pockets where this is happening, we need to be connecting to each other. Mm -hmm. And I I like the terms that you've been using, you know, about communities and also kind of like this mirror moment that is a mirror moment for the industry, but also for us practitioners as individuals, because it's, it's also easy, kind of the easy way out to kind of, you know, say, okay, let's take a step back and see where where we've come to as an industry, but not necessarily look back at what we are doing as practitioners and the practices and standards that we've actually set, even sometimes unintentionally. uh, Mm -hmm. And, um, and kind of wondering, are those what we want to be seeing in in the industry? And, Mm -hmm. but I feel that, you know, in, in your presentation, you said that we were maybe, at an inflection point, which means yes. that, you know, the, the curve could go one or two ways, either up or down, if, if I'm not mistaken in my understanding, mm-hmm. and that it's kind mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. a crossroads. So does it mean that from here, 
you know, we can actually decide to take stock and say, okay, the way we've been doing DNI also has its flaws and also mm-hmm. needs to change on certain aspects. And mm-hmm. maybe that'll take DNI to the next level. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, what's what happens if we don't take stock of that? What's what do you think is the alternative? <laughs> the dystopian um, alternative. Well, I think it's it's really just then not sustainable because we've been using a lot of the same forms of DEI since like the 1960s, basically, like, for example, in the United States and the, you know, with the um, like Equal, Equal Rights Act and anti-discrimination laws that were passed at that time, like early, early diversity initiatives were basically trying to teach people who were used to being racist all the time without consequence, how to not do that. And so um, this kind of legacy of, okay, we have these, that's how things, things got baked into companies. You know, you have your, your yearly diversity training, you have your unconscious bias training, but the, the impact of those kind of initiatives, if there's no follow-up to mm-hmm. it, is really questionable. So, but I think if we keep clinging to that, and if we keep taking sort of a piecemeal perspective, then what's going to happen, say, with uh, the current, like there's backlash to DEI in the US right now. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, it's becoming a political issue. It's also, I've seen, I've been involved in some conversations here in Europe amongst um, some people who are scared of the same sentiment coming to Europe. Yeah. Um, so I think if we keep it at that sort of superficial level, then then we become easy targets and we become easy to defund. But some might say, yes. sorry, sorry to interrupt, but no, some might no, say no. that if we take it further, the backlash might be even worse. You know, we've seen progress, but at the same time, we're seeing huge backlash. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm thinking of the transgender community in the US is, you know, under so much violence and just danger and threat even just you know to, to, to their lives and and in Europe as well you know we've seen a lot of violence against people of color against the LGBTQ plus community and is taking the eye to the next level level right now the right thing to do to answer to this backlash or is DEI kind of stuck and can only go as fast as society lets it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's, I mean, if we say take it to the next level, I think it's a necessity at mm-hmm. this point. I think the thing that changes is we shouldn't, I, w- I would suggest not, and this is the inflection point, like not just doing the same old things harder. Like that's not the next level. Mm. The next level, in my view, is treating DEI as a lens that you just apply to everything. Hmm. Because the ultimate core of DEI is is not about whatever giving giving unfair advantage. It's about bringing different perspectives to the table, uh, having systems in place that make sure that uh, the voices are heard and that you're able to take advantage of all of your human resources, mm-hmm. like in your knowledge that's at the table, and then like synthesize an excellent decision and uh, solution to the problems that your organization is facing. Mm. So 
Um, I'm often then a fan of, say, for example, like Trojan Horse, DEI. Mm. Um, you know, there are so many things which support the cause of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which are not DEI initiatives. Like mm-hmm. being remote first provides mm-hmm. tons of uh, opportunities uh, for access and participation for people who have different needs. Um, so things like that. Like, no, I think not everybody would think of a remote first policy as being something that supports diversity, equity, and inclusion. But if you do it really well, then it is a cornerstone of it. Yeah, those are great practices, actually, to to think of, to think, okay, without pitting people against each other, because that's what some people are are saying that we're doing as well. You know, there's this whole argumentation as well against wokeism and, uh, you know, um, I mean, I I work a lot on the French market and, uh, and a lot of people saying, oh, but this is all imported ideals from the US. It just doesn't fit here, um, which is not true. but maybe if I if I try to sum it up and that we try and and kind of come up with a solution idea or something that you hinted at as well in your presentation was that today we do meet this minimum threshold of people who firmly believe in you know the benefits of diversity and inclusion, the human benefits, economic benefits, so be it. But now that we have this minimum threshold, that we're kind of on the same page for this. It's about getting on the same page about where we're headed and what we want to do together as a community. And at Vendi, you're really trying to, you know, find how to build this network, how to build this community around DEI, around this new DEI host mirror moment, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so, if we're looking into the crystal ball in the future, what does this look like? Past this mirror moment. Mm-hmm. What does this communal DNI where we agree on the same page kind of look like? I think it's a space where we realize that it's a diversity, equity, and inclusion um, field and sort of industry that puts people with intersectional layers of uh, discrimination like at the center you mm-hmm. know I can't talk about what those people need and I that's not my lived experience however I think that there's a huge opportunity to bring different groups together and that's uh, in common cause um, mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we're using the same language sometimes when people say diversity even amongst practitioners we don't all mean the same thing mm-hmm. um, I've seen people use the word inclusion um, when for me they're using, they're describing belonging. Hmm. I would say I would love for us, for different interested groups to get together, decide on what are our goals for the next uh, year or two, decide how, what our key messages are so that when different people are talking to us, um, they're hearing some of the same DEI messages. I think that is super, super, super important. And also so that we have a common, uh, clear language when we're trying to talk to each other and supporting each other. That's that's a great um, goal and ideal to tend towards. And and I think what I'm hear- hearing here is this idea as well of standardizing DEI as a profession, as a field, as an industry. I mean, we hear it all the time. It's a multi-billion industry. It's gained so much growth and attention. And as a multi-billion industry, we can expect results and we should want to see 
results. And, um, and that's why we need to hold ourselves accountable. But also, you mentioned our accountability to put people that are at the intersectionality forward, you know, and, and, and uh, know that they should be doing the job when it comes to uh, topics that we, for instance, me as a white cis uh, woman, I certainly uh, cannot talk on behalf of, uh, of many, many groups. And knowing our position there as well as professionals, knowing when we can actually uh, take action and when others should be taking action as well and that we should be supporting them. Indeed. And it's, it's not to say that I think that it's not that uh, we don't have a voice in having these conversations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if this is a conversation between you and me to uh, two, two white women mm-hmm. talking to each other about DEI, this is mm-hmm. hardly a unique situation. Yeah. Um, but maybe our good message here could be to other, other white women, it's time for us to maybe listen more. And when we're doing DEI, uh, in our workplaces, let's look around the table and see who's there. I think that's really important. You know, let's if we're saying that diversity of uh, perspectives and lived experience leads to better results, then let's practice what we preach. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave it on that note. And I'll simply say thank you, Liz, for coming in today for such an honest conversation and. I feel like we've only scratched the surface. So if listeners want to learn more about what you call the DEI uh, mirror moment, um, why it's time to, you know, take that curve and uh, and take a hard look in the mirror, um, I'll invite them to follow you and reach out to you on LinkedIn, if that's okay. Yes, of course. Great. So I'll put all the details in the show notes. And thanks again and see you soon. Thanks. Great to be here. Thanks for listening to Diversity Secrets Podcast. Check the show notes for links to our guests' website and social media, as well as additional resources cited in today's episode. Your feedback helps us grow, so please leave us a review on your podcast app. And of course, Diversity Secrets Agency helps organizations across the globe become more inclusive. So if you're looking for DEI trainings, workshops, or consulting, make sure to get in touch with us. Until next time, do take care. And remember that only by joining the conversation will you start driving the chain?